to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And today we are taking a little magical mystery tour up into the hills behind San Carlos. Just met today's guests at the Church of San Carlos. We've taken a little little ride up into the mountains. I, I don't really know where I am, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, I've met these two wonderful ladies who I'm very um, much looking forward to introducing you to. And they are the Gang of Witches. Welcome to today's show. Oh, hello. I'm Paola. Ah, bonjour. I'm Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best introduction yet we've had. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we didn't start the introduction. No. Well, so, but you got to know we have uh, 12 cats. I hope you're not allergic. And uh, so living with them, we kind of become one of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our residents, since the, the lockdown, I are mainly feline. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably more exciting and uh, probably more appropriate to be around than humans of late. Um, less perverted, I'd say. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, I mean, we're in a, a private residence that yeah. you call the Coven. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an art residency. We're living here. And um, the members of Gang of Witches who live in Paris uh, come very often here to work so, so that we can work and create together. And also for them to take some energy uh, and reset from the, from the city. Um, because they're all very sensitive, and so it's uh, it's pretty hard psychologically. So they really they really enjoy spending time here uh, in nature. Yeah, so it's uh, it's an art project. We are collecting works of arts of the artists we're working with and of the gang. Uh, there are some in situ um, art that is being created here. Been a little stop. For, uh, for the lockdown and we also aim at the maximum sustainability so we are totally sustainable in energy we have a, a little solar farm on the roof and uh, we're building our food sustainability mm -hmm. so we're on uh, it's it's a work in progress we just here uh, we arrived one year ago yeah And the coven is, is meant to become a, like a piece of heart by itself you know uh, all the walls are going to be painted and yeah it's going to Come to life. It's a canvas. It's a canvas for... It's basically it's uh, our ideal world. It's an utopia. So it's the canvas of our utopia. A concrete one. A concrete utopia. <laughs> yeah. Initially, obviously, you've got the wonderful electric chargers in the car park, which is... <laughs> I think at this time in life, it, you know, it's time to basically wake up. Yeah, it's about time to, to wake up because otherwise the planet will be kind of fine yeah. but we, we won't so yeah it's uh, there is an emergency here. wake up time's up rise up <laughs> these are some lyrics of uh, one of our songs yeah. yeah it's really the time <laughs> I think 
you're going to take me on a little tour of yes. your coven. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah. I don't know what month the crickets continue into in Ibiza. I think it's normally sort of September, isn't it? End of September and then they yeah. vanish again. I don't know where they go. Do they go on holiday? <laughs> just the sound. It's a good question. Just finishes. And I just, yeah. why, where do the crickets go? If you want to write into the show yeah. and tell us where the crickets go when die? this ends, we'd love to know. Do they die? I hope not. I don't know. I really don't know. Any, any theory on that one? From no? Monterra. <laughs> That's where the cool crickets go. The very rich, rich crickets yeah. of Ibiza go to Formentera for the month of September. This is just beautiful. So we are in the orchard uh, garden in the vegetable patch. We have our greenhouse to be able to uh, to start the gr- the growth of a. Uh, of the veggies, we're going to make another one because we we wanted to make it a process and not have like a, a big uh, a permaculture garden and have too too much food. We're learning. We have some help, but we are learning how to to grow our food, to harvest it, uh, to make uh, conserves. Are you ready for the next discovery? It's gonna be legendary. So many mysteries, so many galaxies. Only one way to begin. Tune. I, I was really interested when you sent me the mail because I really feel that we're resetting, even though we've been deconstructing a lot since the beginning of the project. And then we now we're beginning uh, year five. Within our hearts, above and below, we explore secret corners, faraway shores, looking for love and respect. We need more, more compassion, more meditation. Quiet the mind to hear your intuition. Just follow the meow. Be in the now. It's a nine-year project, and uh, coming here, it's really a detox from um, the patriarchal capitalist world, because it's another rhythm. It's, it's, the time is totally different. You feel like being outside. And there's, there's a feeling of being safe in Ibiza that I really don't feel in Paris. We're both from Paris. So it's uh, you enjoy when you're just doing nothing outside. You enjoy the moment. You don't need to to escape that much in social media, in uh, in the computer. There is um, a sense of being present, and it's why uh, we came here to to yeah, live. Because everything's alive here. When you go to the city, everything's dead. People are zombies, you know, they just, here it's totally different. You can walk in the forest for hours and not get bored of it. You feel different. You feel, the, you live the cycles of, of nature, the, the death of little animals that our cats are bringing back. All this, this cycle 
it's uh, it's really physical because in Paris we had an, an intellectual view of what it would be to be sustainable to live in nature but it's the first time we're living full time in nature and it's a total physical emotional reset and also uh, I speak for myself but I really took con- I I grow grew conscious of how addicted I was to society to consuming to pinterest to instagram to and it's a real addiction and and i'm really recovering mm. from from this addiction here and it takes time and i'm thinking it's really hard to reset in the city because you're constantly uh, stimulated here we can and it's still hard i thought you were going to just tell me you were sort of getting over your croissant addiction <laughs> living in paris i don't have a croissant addiction <laughs> I'm from Corsica. So I, maybe. I do. I confess I do. <laughs> I mean, croissant is the best thing ever. I know. I was in Paris not so long ago and I just cycled around the city all day just eating in the bakeries and the boulangeries and I'm just in absolute heaven. So I can understand, like, you know, being in a, in a, in a city, it's a very different pace to being in Ibiza. And, but just that whole, yeah, desire for buying stuff all day long when I'm there is just... Yeah, I just don't ever have that urge here. And it's quite a weird thing to observe when you do come back to this environment. And there's just less need because you're just so content in just being, particularly when you come to a house like this, which is absolutely stunning. And obviously you've worked incredibly hard to make it a place where you do feel incredibly comfortable, but also away from that kind of um, that need for kind of anything. Yeah. Um, And even being here, there is th- this uh, this need to, for example, stay in touch uh, with the um, with the media. So now I'm filtering a lot the media I'm, I'm watching because it's super hardcore and super depressing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and sometimes it just it it kills me. So it just r- removes all the the energy and the joy from me. So I'm trying to stay informed, but with a good distance. Normally, it's Sophie who stays informed. She tells me what she what she has. So there, there are several filters because I feel that a lot of the information is meant to make us feel fearful. Of course, and it's very scary. But yeah, but when the people are scared, you can do them whatever you want. Yeah, the yeah, fear the, is the motor, the motor, the engine, the engine of a politics uh-uh. i think yeah well unfortunately i am actually a newsreader as well as well as being a yoga teacher and a podcast maker and i you know i've never been more depressed and absolutely i wouldn't say i'm in fear because i you know i'm pretty good at detaching from it i've been doing it for 15 years but i feel like you know i've been in lockdown on my own in india i got stuck when i went over there to teach on a retreat and like reading about death all day out loud for a living really ripped the, the the wind from beneath my wings and I don't think I really noticed it until I got back here and then I was like what just happened there like, yeah. that was just like the most miserable experience of my entire life yeah. and yeah it's been be- become more challenging to be a newsreader in these times because I feel like I'm well I've always felt like I'm reading bad news out loud for a living but even more so than ever before there was just there doesn't seem to be any kind of filter or desire for an agenda of good news no. and there is so much of it except you know that's just not what people you know allegedly in the positions of power seem to think that is uh, the best thing to be sharing yeah, because it empowers people, and I'm not sure the aim of the media is to empower people. I have a doubt about <laughs> it. <laughs> so yeah, we we are very careful in uh, it. What in when we put out uh, with the gang to try to inform 
but to empower at the same time, try to, to give little solutions or to give light and joy because we are alive and it's, it's okay if we feel joy as well. So, and I think we have to live our lives in this apocalyptic time. So let's, let's uh, milk the maximum joy we, we can from our lives. In the meantime, we can be conscious and try to, to change and to build an, another world. But uh, like harvesting joy is super hard in, in nowadays. I think it's really hard. more and I think you know the work that you're doing by setting up something a place where people can come to to like tap into that feeling of nature but to get inspired from that natural source of energy mm. and composition and desire to create is like a beautiful thing and the fact that you kind of you know doing something for women exclusively yeah. also feels like a really beautiful thing it's not exclusively for women we tolerate <laughs> Some extraordinary men. <laughs> okay. Are they felines as well? Well, not felines, but I don't know. What do they call male cat Felix? Uh, male, male witches. <laughs> male witches. We enjoy working with them, but they're systematically in a minority. It's a rule. And uh, we are the boss. <laughs> can, I, can I become a witch, please? Where do I apply? <laughs> I think you already are, actually. <laughs> Thank you. So where are you taking me next? This is um, um, we're in the gardens. You've shown me the the beautiful vegetable patches. We're going to go to the gallery space and enter in the in the main room. The sun is shining after a serious downpour this morning and it just feels like the colours are popping um, ever more, I think, as they always do after a storm in Ibiza. It's uh, looking very green and luscious. Yeah, and it feels peaceful. I was almost hearing the plants scream for the, from the drought and I feel that with the, with the rain, everything is really more relaxed. Mm. Or maybe it's Ibiza getting to me and uh, I begin to <laughs> feel all the vibes. And um, Yeah, it does sound that way. <laughs> We're entering the, the gallery space where um, there is the, co the permanent collection um, of uh, 
of my art because I'm a, I'm a visual artist, but also artist of the of the gang and artists I uh, I collect and support. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put the lights so you can have a look. So this is the shamanic lounge for our winter uh, evenings with uh, a series of paintings from my tarot uh, series. And, uh, and then, yeah, you have uh, all, the, all the works. There is the projection room here because when we have residencies, we like to have uh, a theme and to, to see movies and documentaries about uh, a theme. And then we have discussions uh, about it because most of the artists we're working with are activists as well through their art and sometimes through an, an, uh, another way. So, uh, so we really like to rethink the world and, and share ideas on how we can create another economy, uh, create uh, a different way of, of living. So uh, it's very important for us to get inspiration from her. So how do you curate the artists that you invite to come here and join you? Um, it's a very organic process. It's As it's also our home, it's meeting them through friends or it can be we can be starstruck on the internet <laughs> and uh, I often write mails like I adore your work <laughs> do you want to come here it's it's really really fresh mm. it's not institutional uh, at all for a, for a process it's yeah it's uh, I use my instinct a lot mm. And sometimes it's uh, not a good idea, but usually when it brings me into a wall, I had to eat this wall, and it makes me it makes me grow <laughs> big and strong. <laughs> uh, eating dust, I like that. That's yeah. a, a very intriguing <laughs> concept of how yeah you come up against these interesting blockages in life. Yeah, mm. yeah, this but it's, it's an occasion for growth. Mm. Not always comfortable, but I don't think growing is very comfortable. No. It's exciting, though. Exciting and deeply <laughs> discomforting. This, um, so this is basically the, the gallery. This is yeah. the, the, obviously the entrance of your yeah. home. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's spectacular. It's, uh, it, it's, meant to, it's meant to be crammed with mm -hmm. works, um, with, with time. But I'm really, yeah, taking my time. And it's, it's about... Uh, Supporting artists mm. also, because uh, what would be a world without artists? It would be like horrible, and it's, it's a really hard career, mm. because un unless you are in the top 50 uh, world list, to make a living is, uh, is really, really, really hard and like, physically demanding. Xu, for example, who is part of the gang and she paints all these beautiful paintings. She has chronic tendinitis for, from working 10 hours a, mm. uh, a day. Mm. So it's like, uh, it's really hard. So it's very important to, uh, to support artists and to, I love to treat them like the wonderful creatures they are. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very important to, to treat them well. Because being an artist my, myself, I know that lots of times to go in a residency, you have to pay your ticket, pay something to, to, the, to the residents. When you participate in a, in a show, often you have to pay the transport of your... Of your you basically have to pay to be an artist mm -hmm. if you're not uh, in, in, the, in the top 50. And I think it's, uh, it's not decent. Because then 
um, mainstream society just pillages mm. their creativity into publicity, marketing, na na na, and they don't get anything from it. Oh, one of our feline friends yes. has just joined us. <laughs> this is Matt Courtney. It's very rare to see her. <laughs> I'm on it. Past the fishing tank. Yeah, they were the aquarium. Here. They were living here, the the fishes. So I I wouldn't have uh, put them in the. In, in this tank, but they were here, so we just... You didn't want to evict them, it no. seemed uh, a little bit rude, maybe. <laughs> so, this is the Apocalypse's library, in case we don't have internet, we need books. <laughs> but uh, it's mostly uh, feminist, female, female writers, there is a little bit of uh, um, occult tradition, books about uh, Buddhism, um, books about art about psychology also yeah about psychology uh, a few men like in the gang few men survived <laughs> but uh, yeah it's, we, we love books so we are building the, the the library and the residents are bringing books when they when they arrive it's, mm. it's really a, a nice process wow so this is a nine-year project, and you've yeah. been here for a year, and you're already in year five. Yeah. So you're going to p- stay in this coven for the next four years. Yeah, we Forever. are. <laughs> Hashtag never leaving. Yeah, we are. It's it started uh, in Paris, and we were looking for a for a manor in the countryside in in France because we thought like which is manor? It would be nice and everything. And we visited so many places, and it didn't feel right. And I was coming here for yoga retreats, and I really liked the place, but I never put one and one together. And after two years of looking for a place, I was in um, in uh, this restaurant in San Juan that I really like. It's also a hotel on the little uh, the little garden next yeah, to Gardino, yeah. just down the road. Yeah, and I was there, and they had some vegan options which they don't have in the countryside. And I was thinking. Maybe we should come here. Believe me or not, uh, one month after we found this place, two months after we made an offer. When we were looking for, for uh, two years, and I think really there was, and I heard these stories about, about the island, I was drawn. This place just, it made sense, and it called me. And I realized my cat was called uh, Astarte, and Stanit Astarte is the goddess of Ibiza. Many synchronicities, mm-hmm. so it totally made sense. And here we are. Well, it's, it's not an easy thing, despite, obviously, if you kind of look around, I think, at the properties of Ibiza, you know, everything looks magical and incredible, but actually when you really are looking to find the perfect place, yeah. it's not as easy as no. it seems. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is just... Epic. So here you have the, the goddesses Ali. Mm-hmm. So we it, we already started to have it painted. So this is Sonny Buick, who is one of the, the co-founder of the gang as well. It's her tiger goddess. Um, yeah, so we, we arrived one year ago and we immediately started the residencies. So the first artist who made the, a, a mural in the goddesses Ali is Sonny Buick. We wanted her to preside the Ali, because she's one of the founder. And so she painted, it's not finished, she didn't sign it yet, but she painted this beautiful, powerful tiger goddess to protect us. 
So yeah, it's not finished and we'll know it's finished when Sonny asks us to get naked. She has a she's a tattoo artist as well and she has all her back tattooed and she wants us to uh, pray in front of the go the goddess but naked and she wants Vivian who is a, um, a photographer and a web designer who works with us to take the photo and he's really proper so I was <laughs> it was really funny because I don't know how he'll react to to this idea of Sunny yeah. of the but naked veneration of yes, the goddess it's because we all have the the back tattooed you know mm -hmm. so it's a good idea it's very pagan but it's fun. yeah <laughs> So I think the, the picture is going to be, yeah, great. Yeah, in front of and Vivian girl. will be really, really amused, I yeah, think. I think it's going to laugh. <laughs> so Sunny was the first, then it was Vico. It, it was uh, one of these times. I posted a story with the portal, and th this artist whom I saw on the, inter on the internet, on, on Instagram, but I didn't know her, she said, oh, it feels, uh, makes me want to, uh, to come. I had a good feeling and it was a great residency. She was adorable. It was a really cool meeting her. So it was one of the times that it, uh, it went well. And she painted this beautiful uh, goddess. Um, she was inspired by the problem we have with the snakes on the island yeah, who are the lizards. yeah who are eating the lizards so she was inspired by this and after Sue uh, came to make her goddess of the forest she has to come back because she wants to tattoo her she said it's so not finished and when you look at it it's hard to believe it's not finished but yeah. <laughs> who is that Sue Sue uh, she's um She's uh, she defines herself as a necro kawaii artist. She's represented by a gallery in Amsterdam, and uh, she's having shows all around the world. And she's a, a wonderful, wonderful person. Mm. She she feels like her paintings feel. Yeah. When you say um, a residency, is it? Do they actually come and stay with you? Yeah. Yeah, they do. We have. Uh, 10 beds. We were full maybe twice. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of activity, so it's, uh, it's sufficient. So yeah, they stay with us. People of the gang, they stay more. They can stay three weeks or because uh, we're working. They, there is a Sabrine who is a filmmaker. She's making this um, documentary web series about sanctuaries. So we are one of the sanctuaries, but she's going in, in other places in France to people who have maybe more radical projects and who like live in the in the woods uh, and it's really she wants to show different ways of creating another world with different means mm. with with uh, people who are not um, systematically artists it's because the aim for her i think is that anyone can think okay i recognize myself in in this and I can do this change in my life, even if I live in the city or I just had a, a baby or a, it's to, to show that you can change whatever your story is, whatever your means are, you can change the world. So she, I really love her, uh, her intake on, on that. She really wants to show many different ways to do it. So how do you select the members of the gang? I'm sure this is probably the, the primary question whizzing around in people's minds right now about how, how they find out more about you or you know, how, do, how, do, how, does some, how does someone join the gang of witches? Well, it's not because they join that they stay. First. No, no, no. <laughs> because um, we started, uh, we, we're friends. So we started like this. We already had another art collective 
since 2012. Mm -hmm. So it was um, the, the same people, because we know each other, we're friends. And then it's people we're going to meet through our uh, publicist in the events or people who are going to, to reach, reach, reach mm -hmm. out for, for us. And it's kind of a random. Now, something we are personally very excited about here on The Reset Rebel, aside from this amazing interview, is our new Patreon account. Um, after making this show for 80 episodes over two years, we kind of really feel that we want to expand the work that we do to give back to those suffering from anxiety and depression on this podcast. And we can only do it with your help. Last week, we interviewed Ang Harrod, our sex and relationships coach. And through her free offering of a coaching session, she's now helping someone who really needed a starting point to heal some very serious sexual assault. And the work we are doing, giving back free retreat spaces on the island and offering treatment to people who really need it but maybe can't afford it, brings us so much joy and it really needs you to get on board and help us through this membership program to join and contribute there are three tiers with lots of extra exclusive ibiza content that you can enjoy depending on the tier that you choose but at the very least for as little as five euros a month you can help us just keep making this show and we would be so very very grateful to sign up pop over to patreon.com slash ibiza the reset rebel that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash ibiza the reset rebel now on with the show thank you so much for listening you spent how many years as a mute it wasn't mute all the time but on and off three years wow. so it's uh, very traumatic and it rocked my world so i started painting at this moment because i couldn't work and uh and so i'm just letting colors and things pour out of my unconscious and it's how it's like monsters are just coming out of me creatures mm -hmm. and when i'm finished with the with the work i'm just surprised because i like very sleek aesthetic and everything and what i do is not sleek it's really baroque so it's very mm -hmm. humble as well because i just give it my everything but i don't control the the person the entity that is going to come out of me but that was your way of communicating with the world you just had yeah. absolutely no way yeah. of, of of saying anything at all because you were just totally restricted in yeah. your throat yeah what was the disease it was hpv normally it's not on your vocal cords but uh, i had this uh, there are like 1000 cases in france mm. so there is no treatment wow. so that's why it was lots lots of surgeries and when it arrived it was really a bummer but now that I look back, it changed my life so much in a good way because I reassessed mm. everything. Like, okay, this is not important. This person is toxic. Uh, what is really important? What do I need to say? Mm. Why my voice is going away? There is something I need to say. I starting a psychoanalysis. It was just the most wonderful thing that happened. Mm. Blessing in disguise. Wow. Good disguise. I just thought you were one of these like sexy French people that smoked too many gouloirs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I stopped smoking with the disease. I stopped smoking. So mm. no, it's, uh, it's custom. It's a custom voice. And when Sophie uh, uh, told me, OK, your voice is really interesting because Sophie is a trained musician. So she said, your voice is really interesting. You're going to do something behind a mic. 
it was a really good revenge for, for me. And so I started to write the, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're kind of a, a channel yeah. with the lyrics. Yeah. You, um, sometimes you receive information, yeah. sometimes you don't. Yeah. And uh, it flows when you receive them. Yeah. And uh, it's natural. Yeah, so I think I channel uh, yeah. the, the arts. Poison, food, water, air are everywhere. Boom, it's the fire's daughter. Boom, game over. Feel the beat. Eat less meat. Consume less shit. Stop buying plastic. When you say you felt you had something to say that perhaps is the reason why your voice was taken yeah. away, I mean, when you made this, like, incredible recovery to the point where you are now, was that when you started this gang of witches? Was that when you started to feel this creative process um, come to maybe a pinnacle point? If you obviously have made all these amazing things in your house, but, you know, if you feel like there was a message to come through, how would you encapsulate what that kind of was? Um... The message, it was a feminist message actually because it was about um, my, my story, my family story, uh, about patriarchal oppression and uh, it was a revolution. Um, it was understanding who I was, what was my, uh, my place in the, in the world and then understanding that my traumas were not only my traumas, It was shared by so many women uh, around the world, and it, it was a um, systemic uh, problem. So th- there is on one side the awakening of my activist uh, part and the awakening of my creativity. It was through depression. It was through depression because it was the only thing that was important for me. It was creating creating, expressing, and uh, it's still my, uh, my, my pillar. Mm-hmm. Creation is what keeps me uh, uh, standing, and it, it's, I feel that it's what I have to give. It's, uh, I feel useful. I know we don't have to feel useful and we're supposed to feel enough, but I really have the need to feel that I'm expressing my talents and uh, pushing my human experience as much as I can push it. Mm. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did, you did. It's just interesting because um, I interviewed Sadie Frost two episodes ago and we had the same conversation. I mean, she's been through some serious major bouts of depression, particularly postnatal depression, and she's Mm. a very creative person and she just poured all her energies back into creating her films and her, you know, her... Finding her voice, yeah. I think, again, and also turning herself into more of a director rather than being so much in front of the camera. And I think, you know, from these moments of darkness, there's always a transformation. There's always yeah. a light that comes from finding something that, yeah. you know, yeah. turning that light off was obscuring. And I think when you come back and you, you know, realize that you've got all this creativity and you want to make things and you found a little piece of you that maybe was missing and that's how you kind yeah. of refind your path. It's alchemical. It's like, Okay, so this is hard. I'm suffering. What is the meaning of this? What layers can I peel of my uh, my being to be more myself, to to find my place? And it it really makes you dig really deep into your your strength and your uh, your specificity. Mm. So yeah, it. 
It's a, it's a sign, signal from the universe telling you you're on the wrong way. What yeah. are you doing? Who are you? What do you want to do? Uh, what is, uh, what's important for you? Um, what do you want to do to help this world, to help people, uh, to help our community mm -hmm. also? Uh, I mean, artists, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a message. Yeah, you, I you, agree. You have something else to do. You don't know what yet, but... And it's because you're not happy in your life. So it's basically the universe saying, follow yeah. your bliss. What is your bliss? Yeah. Because uh, what is a talent? It's something that you do well and that you enjoy doing. And I really, I, I, I think that when you find what you're good at and you enjoy doing it, go. Yeah. I think why it's, it's important to have this conversation now, because I think everybody has been sitting at home for three months going, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm yeah. not happy. I now have this opportunity to have a little think about things. And I think there's a lot of people going, I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. I really need to figure out what yeah. my purpose is here and what I can do to get out of, you know, perhaps what they're already doing that isn't making their heart sing. And I think there's just too many people, including myself at times, doing the news reading, <laughs> yeah. doing things I don't want to necessarily be doing. And, you know, it's difficult sometimes to, to make that change and to take yeah. that power back and decide, mm -hmm. okay, fuck the money, I'm just going to yeah. actually have to take a really strong decision here yeah. and, and ride this out and see where it takes me. And obviously for you, it's been a beautiful journey, obviously not without hardship and, you know, trauma. And, you know, that's it's life. It's, it's what life mm. is, is made of. Mm. And I think we've been uh, drawn to think that it was we're supposed to be safe and if we study, we're going to have a good job and have a, um, a husband and a dog and it's and going children. to... to <laughs> and children and it's going to be perfect. Or nine cats. Twelve. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> what a great number. Um, but yeah, I think we've been sold an uh, um, ideal way of living and we now realize that it, it's, it's it, a lie. It's not an, an ideal, it's uh, sold like one. Yeah, but for some people it works, but not yeah, for it's everybody. Uh, arbitraire. Uh, it's very um, arbitrary. Arbitrary. arbitrary, yeah. This is good, this is not. This is good, not. What for? Uh, I mean, so, yeah. it's nonsense. I think the change starts by uh, an oh. assessment of, uh, of one's life. Like, okay, um, what are my priorities? Who am I? Mm. Who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it starts with this to find really what is so strong that it gives you the strength to, to break everything in your life or break what has to be broken mm -hmm. and just follow another path. But, you know, I think we're all too scared, you know, initially to actually do exactly that, to ask ourselves, like, who we are and what it is that we're actually doing here. And, you know, people that, ah, oh, you moved to a bee thief, you become this hippie and you're like asking these weird questions. It's like, no, I just decided not to, you know, go along with how it looked and actually maybe just try something different. And, you know, I think people sort of sum up the people of Ibiza sometimes as being a little bit lost and a little bit broken. And it's just like, actually, no, that's not true. You know, there's just a lot of beautiful, inquisitive, inquiring minds here who have come here because they don't want to be part of this kind of normal yeah. existence, whatever the hell normal is these days with our new normal. But I think, you know, it's time to... You know, understand that there's just so many different options and life yeah. doesn't have to be about just doing what's expected yeah. and actually you know there's just so many other little nooks and crannies and places to explore mm. and you know maybe 
maybe after spending three months sitting in a in a bedroom or a, a one bedroom flat in a city a lot of people are going to start to think Mm-mm. god I want to move to Ibiza I'm listening to this podcast and I really want to make a massive change in my yeah. life and I think actually well you know we don't need to talk about real estate but I think there's business is booming here from what I'm gathering and I think a lot of people are making some okay. some big changes in their lives to come Ibiza here. Ibiza is really special the the thing that really made me feel good about coming here is that Nature is wild. There is a sense of wilderness that is really hard to find in the countryside in, in France mm-hmm. because it's very cultivated, except some, some forests. Yeah, everything is square like this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's Like shaved. Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. shaved. And, uh, and here, there is wilderness, but also people from all around the world are gravitating. So it's a sense of disconnection from, from the big cities, but connection to the world as well. Mm-hmm. So it really felt right to come here. Because I never feel isolated here. We're, no, we're uh, during the the lockdown. We were two in yeah. the in the mountain, and I didn't feel disconnected because I knew like people were were living having the same experience and people from very different backgrounds. Well, excuse me, but if for saying this, but I feel like you know, how would you know there was a lockdown happening up here? I mean, you know, yeah, it is a paradise, and you, it took us about ten minutes to drive up the hill. It's yeah, like if, if you forget a pint of milk, you're not just going to zip back down and go and get, you we know, don't drink milk. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> leche de almendras, whatever it is that you perhaps uh, might yeah. might use at times, but uh, you know, it's not the kind of place where you're going to. Um, mingle as much as you would in other environments perhaps Mm. on the island it is very um, apart and away from everything and that's you know that's 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 the reason it's so magical up here it yeah I I wanted to be lost in the woods I like that there is no localization pin to come to come here Mm. it feels safe Um, and it's true that for us the lockdown has been a blessing because I was in a burnout like big time and Sophie was uh, as well mm-hmm. so it was really the reset mm-hmm. I think started uh, during the lockdown because when we arrived we had the Parisian rhythm yeah. beam beam we have to w- w- the, um, the work was not finished the music studio was not finished we had still many things to, to finish here we started the residency and it was like super speed uh, mm-hmm. while uh, curating the, the yearbook while making the art while so it was the Parisian mm-hmm. rhythm so mm-hmm. Total burn, burnout. <laughs> I wouldn't allow myself to admit that I was in a burnout because I live in paradise. Oh, yeah. so I, I thought it would be indecent to mm. say, I'm so tired. But I was, I was really burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when it was the lockdown, everything stopped. Frankly, for, for me, it has been a life-saving. Mm. I, I think, you know, you're not alone. And I think, you know, if anything, um, this brought a lot of people to the realization that, you know, we're all absolutely done in. And none of us are actually able to admit that because apparently it's not okay to no. not feel amazing every day. And no one wants to hear about how exhausted anyone is because it's just admitting, admitting defeat. And, and it's just, you know, life is too bloody hectic. It's too busy. There's yeah. too much technology. There's too much stimulation. And then you come to a house like this and you're like, oh, yeah, you I'm know, going to just chill out for a bit. You know, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, obviously um, not everybody in Ibiza can, can have a wonderful house on a, on a mountain like this. But it doesn't matter where you live. You are forced, once you come to this island, to slow down. And I yeah. did exactly the same thing, came from London, also feeling incredibly stressed and incredibly done with my working life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I just don't think this island will let you continue in that rhythm actually until I physically had a, a couple of car crashes actually and that definitely helped because at that point I was like oh right yeah I just can't carry on with yeah. this rhythm it's gonna it's gonna finish me off yeah it's exactly what happened mm. we wanted to yeah to 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 be efficient to uh, mm. and no it's exactly what we're fighting against but at the same time it's the same thing that with the the addiction mm. with uh, with internet and social media it's the same you want to live the moment but you're you're so i'm an overachiever so mm. i i always want things to be better and to go further no it's not working this way so mm. i'm yeah uh, i i know that i'm really privileged but I, I totally assume the fact that the lockdown has been really positive for uh, for my life and for my work. Tell us a little bit more about the music then, Sophie, because obviously I have had a little listen to your SoundCloud page and I loved what I did here. We are friends for like uh, 12 years maybe. Yeah, at first uh, I thought music was the perfect Trojan horse. Diffuse our message, diffuse our message uh, more widely. So I asked and in a fun way, uh, yeah, and in a fun way, yeah, in an empowering way, yeah. And Paola wrote the lyrics, and I uh, composed the, the the basis of the songs. And then we have a beat maker. We had because he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost our beat maker. Yeah, I think you're going to be okay in Ibiza. Don't you worry about that. That's one thing they might be able to help you with around yeah. here. If you want any help, that is. Oh, we do. Yeah, but okay. maybe we're going to switch to something more personal, like um, trying something more experimental with music, like um, exploring the voices capacity to um, to pre- pre- produce uh, new sounds. And, yeah, uh, to go sound hunting uh, yeah. in the forest and create our uh, sound library and then... Uh, play with the with the sounds. I work a lot with um, little bells, so we want to use all the little bells, the Tibetan balls, the gong, and have our our sounds, and then see what happens. Uh, and I will be here to mess it up because I don't have any musical training. So <laughs> the thing is, I'm a musician for uh, always, forever. And you have a classical training. Yeah, classical lyrical training. Uh, I feel that it's a preach. The, the music, the, this Gang of Witches project is um, during nine years we made a pact to create and reflect on society publicly. So I'm, a, I'm an introvert, so it's not always uh, an easy exercise. But with the, it's what Sophie said, like with the, the lyrics, I just download them and it feels right for me to sing it. If I didn't download them, I couldn't sing something that I don't write and that I don't feel in my bones. So it's, it's very feminist, it's very ecologist as well. I think from my story, I don't 
stand oppression. I don't stand injustice, I don't stand exploitation. So uh, it was really what I wanted to, uh, to say. And the feminism that I think you, you share with me is more than feminism. It's about all the oppression system that is, uh, that is putting down 99% of the population. And this is what really is unbearable. And it has to stop because otherwise it's fucked. Everybody's fucked, even the 1%. Everyone is fucked. I mean, there's never been a more powerful moment in time, I think, everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter, and it's really brought people together, finally, yeah. to actually stand up and have a voice. And I think that, you know, it's like, it's just, it's long overdue. I mean, you know, I, I, I've never wanted to make a podcast about it because I just don't feel like I'm in the right position to actually have a voice on it. But I, I do know that I, I think it's inspired many more people to come forward about other kinds of oppression. Yeah. And I think feminism particularly and the Me Too movement, there's been a lot of women coming forward about some extremely unjust you know, situations yeah. um, that have evolved and maybe they haven't felt able to find their voice and come forward. And I think, you know, particularly in this moment in time after everything that's been going on, people people want they want their justice and they want their they want their moment in time. And I, you know, I find that kind of amazing and beautiful. And yeah. I really feel like now is the time, if ever there was one, yeah. after we've all been locked up, after we've all felt completely suppressed, yeah. to come out and um, get the message out that we kind totally. of need to say. Where would you say your your feminism stance comes from? Um, I think I always was a feminist, but I was not aware of it. Like uh, a lot of women I, uh, I, I know. Sophie was the feminist since, uh, since birth, I think. <laughs> um, no, it's when I realized that all my personal issues were, had the same source. And it was the oppressive, patriarchal and capitalist society that is shaping families, that is shaping people. Society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's when I understood that what I suffered from, I'm not the only one. There are so many women who have the same uh, the same story, and it it was a, a systemic problem. And then I I was always a rebel, but I, I started to be a feminist because I understood that I was not rebelling only uh, against mm, my situation, but against the whole system. Mm. So yeah. it started uh, with the gang. And there's always uh, this thing, uh, oh, uh, I want to do what I want, I want to be equal uh, yeah. of men, but no, I'm not feminist. Yes, you are. <laughs> I think ever since, well, ever since the days of Joan of Arc, her getting sort of burned at the stake and, and the, just the doubters, really, and the people kind of undermining the power of a woman's word, I mean, have always been um, prevalent and, and very... Yeah, just a, a way of basically keeping women small and... Um, you know, I think it's an interesting topic, but what kind of, um, you know, what kind of lifestyle would you say you were living when you were younger in, in Paris? Super lost. Um, I didn't know. I, I could, I had the ability to do many things, but um, I had many things to deal with. So I, I did drugs. I tried all sorts of drugs. I traveled around the world. Um, I was, yeah, I was a seeker, 
I was totally lost. And it's a miracle that I'm alive. So it was totally, yeah, lost and not fitting in. And at first I was thinking I was the problem. But then when I realized I was not alone and the fact not to fit in, it means that I have to find my community and build uh, a place where I fit in and where people like me fit in. Mm. So it, it took some time. I think, you know, that's kind of like a disease or a dis-ease of our time is that people don't feel like they fit in. And I think that is 110 million percent why I started this podcast called yeah. The Reset Rebel. <laughs> people that rebel against, you know, normal life and the way it should be. And, you know, the things that you addressed earlier about, you know, living this life where you kind of, you know, you buy a big house and you get a big mortgage and you have a couple of kids and, you know, you have a big car and you get a serious job and... It's like, well, hang on a minute. Once you've done all of that, mm -hmm. you know, you've no idea. Um, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm just talking about some people that have followed that path and that dream and ended up in a place where they just don't know who they are anymore. And it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation to have because I think, you know, people that come and decide to live in Ibiza aren't people or maybe they've been through that journey and they're here to start a new one. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, exactly what this kind of podcast is trying to uncover is that story of, you know, how did you get here? So yeah. um, when you say you were kind of experimenting with drugs, I mean, you know, was that part of you trying to find yourself? Oh, no, I think I, I had depression for a long time. I was undiagnosed and I was in pain. So it was just self-medication. Self and also, I think it was an escape from my reality in, in which I was not, uh, I was suffering a lot. So it was self-medication. What, what would you say the cause, obviously not your, just your voice kind of and your throat disease, but what was the kind of cause of the depression, feeling like you didn't fit in or something deeper? Uh, I think it's some, something deeper. Um, I grew up in a very stressful environment, being uh, on fight or flight mode since I was born. So I think it damaged a lot my nervous system. And also uh, the dream of uh, the family was fucked from the beginning uh, for me because it was not a safe place. It was a place of conflict and a place of stress. So I think the, the depression comes from here, from being able to do many things, but not feeling it with my heart. Uh, there was no question about being an artist. I remember at 16, I remember saying to myself, I'd love to be an artist. But it was not even an option. It was not a career. It was a... So yeah, I think it, it comes from a pretty hectic beginning. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, and then a quest of where do I feel less in pain um, and rolling the, 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 the roll again and again because it was, not, it was not good. I had many, I was a, a tourist in many lives. I had many episodes like two years uh, with a boyfriend in a house in a suburb or being abroad doing drugs in a big company and being in a very hype uh, environment. I, I tried many lives bef before understanding who I was. Mm. Mm. Me too. I always tried to fit in a normal job, but it didn't work at all. <laughs> well, it worked, but you were in pain. Oh yeah, I, it didn't last for long uh, uh. every time. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. What, you know, what, what were you doing before you became an artist? Uh, I studied business, 
because I was uh, kind of lost in uh, the university and uh, and my father told me okay there is this business school you're going to learn and travel around the world it's like okay I prefer to be lost around the world at least I will uh, um, discover new ways of uh, of living new cultures so I then I worked in uh, in companies like garment companies and I, couldn't last more than six months because I was falling into depression. Then I did many shitty jobs uh, just to work. What was your worst job? I love asking people this question. Working in a, in a factory on a trail, you know, like when you close boxes. And I, I, I saw the, the women here, they were, they were like putting their makeup in the train. They had kids. They were arriving at eight in the morning. So it was the... My, worst worst job when I was 18 I always worked in the summertime so it, it was really really hard and also being a salesperson was really hard for me because I don't have any filter so when someone <laughs> was not nice with me I was not nice so I couldn't last a long time either <laughs> I feel like that scene from uh, Pretty Woman it's very expensive <laughs> <laughs> that always used to make me laugh what about you the worst job uh, I would say it's when I was a waitress in a meat restaurant. She's a vegan. Yeah, I'm <laughs> vegan and I, I don't eat my friends, you know, and <laughs> animals are my friends. So, And uh, it was uh, summer and uh, I was working beside the grill, you know, and I was like... <laughs> and I was serving meat to people and I was like, oh, <laughs> crying, oh, the cow is dead. <laughs> so it was awful. <laughs> And so when, did, when is the next gathering up here? Because I'm, I'm looking around and I'm just like, yeah, I'm literally, my mind is blown. It really is a beautiful spot. It's like 180, just a green carpet of, of stunningly beautiful trees and nature. Yeah, um, I am taking my time to regenerate from, uh, from the burnout. Mm. So now we're focusing, I'm focusing on my um, visual creation on... On my writing and on the new musical project, yeah. but then I would like to get more involved on the island. So I've been looking at the actors, like ecological actors. I I heard the podcast with the woman from the Ibiza Preservation Fund that you you interviewed, and um, I saw also the the Casita Verde. So I'm I'm looking to see who are the people who really want to make Ibiza like kind of an example. As it's small, it's a small island. I really feel that there is a huge potential for change here. I think it's just amazing after one year here um, that you've already started building such a beautiful ecosystem up here, which um, Chris, the maker of Casita yeah. Verde, <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet him. He's an absolute character. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just made something amazing over there. Yeah. And it, it, it's just, it's magical. Like it's just mental as well. And the things that he's made and, and the work that he's done. But you know, yeah. you guys are well on the way with your solar solar panels and uh, the work that you put in to create your own sustainability and yeah. uh, food supply. So um, basically, you know, bring on the next lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. We're ready, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Reset Rebel podcast. It's, uh, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel.